Good morning. Good morning. This is the Lois J. Wetzel Show, and I'm your host and executive producer, Lois Wetzel, coming to you live this morning from 9 a.m. Houston, Texas, Central Time. I want to remind you to register for Blog Talk Radio. It's free, and if you do that, you can rate my show, mark it as a favorite, and let people know that you were here and listening to my show. You can get reminders of upcoming shows. It's all free. My call-in number is 347-945-5309. You can call using the telephone or Skype. You can listen on your phone or your computer. If you're calling in and you want to ask a question, just hit the number 1 and I'll know that you would like to ask a question. I also want to remind you that I offer a free email newsletter about metaphysics, spirituality, the coming changes, all the kinds of things we talk about here on this show. I've been sending this newsletter out for about 12 years, and to sign up for that, you would go to my website, hotpinklotus.com. I do not share email addresses with anyone because your privacy is important. So good morning, and it's March the 18th, 2011. And last week, we spoke with several extraordinary but ordinary people whose lives are being lived in extraordinary ways. One of those people was Helen Busenberg, and she talked about manifestation and how we might want to talk about that some more. So she's going to come on this week and talk about that. And also one of her friends, Kathy Baxter, is also going to talk with us about that after I speak with Helen. They both are living in the Pacific Northwest, and if you want to learn more about Kathy, you would go to her website, which is on the show page, and we'll repeat that again a little bit later. And for Helen, you can go to Facebook and message her. You don't have to be friends with someone to send them a message. So let's open the line to Helen and uh, talk with her today about manifestation, which is critically important at this juncture in history, and we'll talk about that in just a second. Good morning, Helen. Good morning, Lois. How are you today? I'm up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. It's 7 a.m. In, in the Pacific Northwest, and yeah. you are a very brave person to be up so early, and I appreciate it very much. Kathy and I are here at the table, and she has her coffee, and I have my tea, so we are um, we are alive and awake this week I got this words came to me as I woke up one morning fiercely alive and so I think that's that's part of applying our training is to remember that we're fiercely alive at this point in time and that if I'm doing something and I stop and ask myself am I fiercely alive in this moment <laughs> Um, I get to go, oh, okay, I, I don't think that I'm as alive right now as I want to be. It's kind of helping me notice how conscious I am. What a mm-hmm. time. That's that's a beautiful thing to consider every day and every moment. How alive are you? So tell me, uh, it seems to me that at this point in, in time, it's really important for each and every one of us to focus upon manifestation because what we give our attention to expands. And so the temptation is enormous right now to give focus our attention upon uh, the sky is falling, the sky is falling, since it was only a week ago today that the horrific earthquake and tsunami occurred in Japan, which... Um, undermined the safety of the nuclear reactors there, which could affect everyone on the planet ultimately if they don't get it all under control. But if we focus, and this is what I think is critically important, is if we all know to focus on what it is, what the outcome is we want, we can affect it. Would you like to talk about that some? Um, Yes. Um, What I thought I'd do is talk about more... uh 
how m- focusing for myself on manifesting what I want for me, and also, and Kathy's going to talk about global consciousness and and focusing in that way, um, and manifesting in that way. Um, but what you're saying is exactly right. It matters a great deal how we think about the events that are happening in the world as well as how we think about the events happening in our own lives mm-hmm. and 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 there's there's a lot of things that we can do to um be about creating what we do want as opposed to being in resistance or fear of what we don't want because if we focus so, on that what we don't want by worrying right we make it happen because yes. consciousness is the most powerful force at our disposal. Yeah, and I and and the good news is we haven't really had much clue how powerful we really are and how to use the consciousness that we have. Mm-hmm. And so we have an opportunity, I have an opportunity in my life to use my consciousness to create how I want my world to be. Mm-hmm. And what we're also finding out now that we've moved into this space of global consciousness that we can do that collectively as well. Mm-hmm. So exactly. um the um the key one of the key things to to mention is that the way the the manifesting mechanism works and I'm not sure if I I don't think I could describe where that comes from exactly, and I'm not going to try, um, but how manifesting seems to work, or this is sort of basic metaphysics really, is that the if you if I am not wanting something, for example, I was driving to a volunteer sh- um, seminar as a volunteer one morning. It was 7 a.m. and it was Saturday. And I didn't put my seatbelt on, Ooh. and I I wasn't going that far. There was no traffic. It's like no big deal. I'm I was excited about that. I was going to get there on time and keep my time agreement. <laughs> and I looked at the rearview mirror at a stop sign, and I was like, and there was a sheriff right behind me, and I knew in that moment. I had a choice to like, okay, I'm invisible, I'm, you know, I could have, but I I busted myself. I said, oh, he's going to give me a ticket, and he did. So I didn't want a ticket, but I sure created that in that moment by by being in resistance to it. Mm-hmm. So um, another example of of looking at are you are you about what you do want or what you don't want is um like fighting breast cancer um i think it would be way more effective if we were about having healthy happy breasts you um, know i mentioned that on the show talking to somebody else one time like why why are they shoving that in your face breast cancer awareness pay attention to breast cancer you know so you can manifest more of it what That's yeah insane. Yeah. Focus on happy, healthy, glowing pink tissue in your breasts. Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree. Yeah. And yeah. so, um, we don't want this or we don't want that. That was definitely how we used to do things. Um, I was part of the anti war group in the six seventies and mm-hmm. and it was about being angry and against whatever it was and and angry and against creates energy in the direction of the thing you don't want. Yes, out. all emotion intensifies the power of manifestation. All emotion intensifies the, the power, power of, of manifestation. manifestation. Anger yeah, is just yeah. as powerful at, at intensifying your manifestation as joy. Right. So emotion-appropriate is another uh, key there. Um, some of the teachers that have been really helpful for me in in developing ability to manifest 
although I think I have the the ability all along, I think everyone does, it's a matter of um, sharpening my my uh, sharpening my skill. And um, Jerry and Esther Hicks, who channel Abraham, of course, that material has been very helpful. Um, Cryon's been really helpful. Um, a lot of the great metaphysical teachers are helpful in this regard. Um, just yesterday, Tom Kenyon sent out a uh, email post to his website, the the Hathors or TomKenyon.com about creating a a method for um, using our own consciousness to create what he calls medicine of light that we can use for protection from harmful substances in the environment. He was talking about viruses and bacteria and radioactivity. So people may want to look at his website for that method. Um, But I wanted to say one more thing about there's two ways to look at this particular uh, situation in Japan in terms of creating what we do want. And and one of the things I want, and I think a lot of people do, is for people to be safe. And I think about, well, I want the stuff that we've always called and assumed and taken for granted that it was really poisonous and toxic, like radioactivity. And with our intent turn it into something benign. That's a different way of going at it than I want protection from this bad thing, which is actually a kind of resistance, is I want the bad thing to not be bad anymore. And so, so are you there's saying two that things. generally across the board or not be bad in my body? or How are you well, focusing that? I want it to not be hurting the earth. And mm-hmm. and if we can um, if we can impact experiments with atoms, then we should be able to impact the structure of these atoms mm-hmm. and communicate with that harmonize with that and and by not being resistant to it finding things to be grateful about it then we have a chance of of assisting that material to be less harmful on the planet mhm and i realize that's kind of probably a stretch for all of us however it's a stretch for a lot of people. It is. Yeah. If anybody wants to, to see scientific experiments on the fact that this actually works, that focused group intention actually works, go to theintentionexperiment.com. A woman by the name of Lynn McTaggart, who's a British journalist, has been working with a lot of quantum physicists and doing experiments at their at their expense because they oh, can't yeah. find anyone. And she's written books on it. Um, the first book she wrote was called The Field, and that's a good background. But the second book is called The Intention Experiment, and she's been asking for volunteers to help with global group consciousness experiments and they've written it up and it's scientifically proven that it works. Lynn McTaggart. I have seen her her website and looked at those experiments and participated Mm -hmm. in one, I think. Mm -hmm. Me too. Yeah. Okay. Well, so uh, I wanted to to kind of back up a little bit as far as basic manifestation and talk uh, about um, for example, what if I wanted to manifest 
and I have <laughs> a job. What if I want to manifest a job that I will like and that I so the first thing I do is sort of well what a, the obvious thing what if I don't know what I want exactly you know I can't say oh I want it I want a, a job working for a vet at making so many dollars an hour I don't know if that's you know so how do I go about saying what I do want if I'm not sure one of the things that I do is I notice how I want to feel when I'm doing it. So how do I want to feel at the end of my day? What do I want to feel like I've accomplished? What are the feelings that I want to be having? Do I want to feel good about the money that I'm earning, the the service I'm providing, whatever it is, or the skill that I'm using, or the creativity that I'm using? And and what are the qualities about my work? What are the what's the environment like? What's the um, are there a lot of people where I am working? Am I working with people that that I care about? Am I working on my own? So even if I don't know what I want to do exactly, I can figure out a lot of things about what I want that are pieces of it. And that's what the universe will then take and and go to work on creating the perfect thing for me. So Very I find well that really handy. Mm-hmm. Um, I've used lists. I've made treasure maps. Um, pizza boxes are good. Um, <laughs> I um, I was looking for a place to live with my partner years ago and we went and had pizza and we were talking about what did we really want for a, a, a house um, and so we started writing qualities about our house on the lid of the pizza box that was the rest of the pizza that we couldn't eat and they weren't in an order it was just sort of spread out across and there were qualities like um, beautiful light and um, safe and quiet and harmonious and affordable and happy kitty cats and just stuff like that. And we all across the lid of this pizza box. And I don't remember how many days or weeks after that, but we found this wonderful house that was everything on the list. And so the pizza box lid got put on the wall for quite a while after that to help us remember that we'd created that. Um, one other time, this is this is the down. What this is what you learn through trial and error <laughs> in manifesting. Once I had, I didn't have any money, and I I I wanted a car. I needed a car. I was living in Portland. I was a single parent, and life was not and it was not an easy time. And I'm like, I gotta have a car. That's dependable. I made a list, and I and I went as far as allowing myself to deserve that it would have a tape deck. Of course, this was in the 80s, so CDs weren't invented yet. Um, and so within a few days, a friend of mine said, I'm going back east for six months, and I'm going to sell you my car for a dollar. And it was everything on the list, and I was completely amazed. And the car had a tape deck, but the tape deck didn't work. <laughs> so I so I'm like, wow, okay, this is really good to know. Mm-hmm. So now I always add, always add in working order mm-hmm. <laughs> to everything that's on the list because I I got it down to that fine of a detail. But I hadn't said that the tape deck had to work. Yeah. So uh, you write things out rather than create treasure maps? Because I've had some really blow-up-in-your-face things happen with treasure maps, which are where you cut images out of magazines and create a collage. Yeah. Oh, I've what happened? That. Oh, like, um, here's a good example. I wanted, um, let's see... Uh, I I made a treasure map for a boyfriend. This was like in the early 90s after my divorce. 
And um, one of the things that was on there was images of me, at least that was my intention, doing different things with him. And there were like three different images. And what I manifested was a guy with two other girlfriends. (laughs) So rather than just me and doing three different things, because these were women out of magazines, right? It was three different women, although they looked a lot alike, and I was pretending those were me. <laughs> and it turns out uh, that, and, and in the middle was this really nice guy, and I wanted him to be nurturing, and he was holding a little boy up in the air, and it was from, I think, a Calvin Klein commercial or something. It turns out the guy has got one son, uh-huh. so uh, that was that was okay, but the two other girlfriends were not okay. <laughs> uh, no. So that's no. why I like the... the you know, write it out because the images can be interpreted a lot of different ways. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah. Um, I about about manifesting a boyfriend. the the list The list idea it's it's really good. I I <laughs> and it's tricky because after you've manifested someone and you look at the list and you go, "Yep, there's everything on the list." That's when you notice what you wished you'd put on the list that you hadn't. <laughs> In, with my with my second husband, the uh, I didn't put on the list does not snore, and he was everything on the list, but I didn't say that part, and he had a big snoring problem, and oh. that was sort of like. And I also know a woman who manifested a man who was everything on the list, but she had not written on the list. This is sort of like your situation that he was available. Mm-hmm. And so she manifested this man who she adored, and he was married. So, and another word you need to put on there if you're manifesting a, a boyfriend or a girlfriend is healthy, because I know somebody healthy. who manifested the perfect woman in his life, except that she has serious health problems because it didn't occur to him to put healthy on there. No, it it doesn't occur to us. So once I've manifested something, then I can then I'm like, oh, that's what I want to remember to do next time. So like, this everything in working order is on all my lists ever, yeah. and <laughs> and and so I um I don't know how soon you want to get Kathy on on here, um, but well, I'll let, you know. Okay. I'll let you know when I'm ready to shift gears. <laughs> so give me some other examples of how it is that you manifest things. Do you when you're doing these writing these things out are you are focusing on your on um feeling as you're writing them out? Are you able um, to read, make yourself, you know, feel as you're writing them out? I'm getting better at the feeling part. And in the in the early days of understanding this stuff, there wasn't the emphasis on having the appropriate emotions and the gratitude that we now right. understand are so are so helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a learning process. We were all learning. We didn't know we had yeah. to focus emotion. Yeah. And yeah. I I find um, that that's one of the hard things to do. I'm wondering how do you manage that? Well, and also and be grateful. Mm-hmm. For what I actually have, there was a book written by a guy who was an army chaplain called "Prison to Praise," and it was um, very inspirational. My mother gave it to me. Um, I did refer to it a lot. It was in the library, the prison where I worked, teaching organic gardening later on, and and but I it was a book where he talked about the fact that. It's it's so helpful to be grateful even for the things that we're thinking we don't want at all, the things that seem like bad news, the things that are like dreadful to imagine, to be grateful for that, to say thank you for that, just like I think Kathy's gonna talk more about being what's the opportunity with what's going on with the planet right now. That sense of I can be I can be grateful for um, this earthquake and this tragedy for, you know, there are reasons to be grateful for even this and for how we're waking up. For I can be grateful for having created someone in my life that 
treated me not the way I wanted to be treated so that I would notice that I can do it different. Mm-hmm. Um, but finding that place of gratitude. and mm-hmm. um, Gratitude so, for lessons, like manifesting the guy that snored. So you need yeah. to put it on your list next time. <laughs> Seriously. And I got to, yeah. And I got to notice my resistance, too. And, mm-hmm. and uh, <laughs> um, one of my favorite manifestation stories, I don't know if this is about feeling it. I guess I was feeling it. I was definitely feeling confident. It was when I was in my solo kind of what I call a walkabout, although it was in a Subaru in uh, Arizona and New Mexico and I was it was late in the day and I'm by myself and I've been going and camping different places and I really wanted a campground and there was none on the map I'm like okay angels god we've got to manifest something right now and it's got to be a safe place it's got to be affordable and it's got to be beautiful and quiet and I want it in the next 20 miles. And That's pretty specific. Yeah. And five miles later, there was an entire huge campground that had one other camper in it on this beautiful lake, and it was sunset, and they were not charging because it was pre-season. And it was an absolutely wonderful place. And it wasn't on my map. Wow. Okay? <laughs> Wow. <laughs> I'm saying this is what I want. Cryon says you reach in your pocket. There's nothing in your pocket. You reach in your pocket for what you want and you take it out of your pocket. It's that it's that trusting that it's there. And it was. And I'm like, it's wow, that's conviction. Cool. Yeah, one yeah. person described it as utter conviction. Utter conviction. Mm-hmm. That it will be there. Yeah. That it is there. Yeah. That it is there. And it's my fear and resistance to what I don't want that often gets in my way of of being able to do that more uh, confidently more of the time. Mm-hmm. And, and my unconscious fears that may be lurking that I don't know about because... Because they're unconscious. Yeah. That's why the enlightenment process is, as a matter of course, about um, becoming more and more conscious of the unconscious. Therefore, your your subconscious mind shrinks and shrinks and shrinks until eventually when you're enlightened, you're aware of everything. That's part of the process. I'm not saying I don't have a subconscious mind because I do. But I'm a conscious of a lot more than I used to be. Oh, yeah. That way it can't sabotage. Definitely. Yeah, because there's a part of everybody that does. Having to do with, you know, things people said when we were little that we took literally because that's how little kids do. They don't know about (sighs) sarcasm and subtlety. Yeah. Which is why it's important what we say to our children because it's written Um, in stone. It seems to be. Although we are going, we're getting, I'm getting better, we're getting better at being able to undo those and reprogram ourselves. And Yeah, yeah. Psych K is a perfect way to, to reprogram that kind of thing. What's that? Psych K is a technique that's really good uh, if you've got a specific issue. P-S-Y-C-H hyphen K, Psych K. And it's, you know, you can Google it and take the classes. It's a great way to deprogram subconscious beliefs once you become aware of them. Of course, there are lots of other forms of energy medicine, but I find this right. one in particular helpful when you have a specific thing you need to shift right that minute. Psych K will do it. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's, it uses muscle testing to get at subconscious beliefs it uses and then tells you how to deprogram them, and it's effective. Wonderful. Yeah. Well, uh, one of so one other thing I want to share about was the the idea that the words that we use matter and the words mm-hmm. that we use have power. Yep. And and I've I've been convinced that to use I want and I choose is so much more empowering for me than to say I need. 
there's even been experiments done where you can muscle test someone when they say I need something and they're they're they they test weak, whereas they say the same statement with the word I want or I choose and they test strong. So it's it's in in noticing the language that I use and in choosing to say I want this for me, even though it feels like a desperate need, I want mm-hmm. to feel I want to be safe, I want to feel safe, and notice that those are two very different things, feeling mm-hmm. safe versus being safe. Who can, I mean, I'm creating safety. I mean, there's play yeah. around with the language until I find language that really is reflecting everything in a positive way. And that's yeah. that takes some work because there's, I mean, like the war on drugs, just say no to drugs, that's another one of those Mm-hmm. This is so about what we don't want that yep. it's not going to help create what we do want. Right. And, you know, when you were saying want and choose, it feels to uh-huh. me like the word choose is even more powerful. Yeah. It, it, it implies we have the choice. Yeah. Yeah, that we are in control. And want to me still feels more like, mm, it, it's not there yet. I choose it means gimme to me. That's just me personally. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. And that's another cool. thing that, uh, interestingly enough, Psych K teaches if you want to replace some uh, subconscious belief with something that is that you do want, you must never use negative terms like don't, no, and all that, I, or not. You have to phrase it positively or you can't use it because the subconscious does not recognize negatives. And that's what we manifest with, truly, is the subconscious. That's part of the mechanism, anyway. That's exactly right. So why don't you hand the phone over to Kathy Baxter, and let's see what she's got to say about how we can use manifestation to help ourselves globally. Okay, here you go. Hello. Hi, Kathy. It's lovely to see you. Good morning. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you, and I'm really happy you decided to talk with us today about global manifestation because I think it's incredibly crucial at this point in history. And one of the well, things that's going on, yep, one of the things that we as a race of beings are going are learning at this point in history, and that's why these things like Japan, what's going on in Japan right now, are happening. Well, I couldn't agree more. You want to speak about what we can do? I've been working on a premise for about the last three months now um, where I'm um, constructing in my mind the world that I want to live in and then consciously every morning waking up in that world and adjusting my perception so that I only notice the things that conform to that world because we have a choice about what we pay attention to and what we notice and What we notice is what we're creating. And I think that, as particularly in our Western culture, we're, we have an addiction to negativity. We have an absolute addiction to negativity that we have to um, we have to go through detox to get out of that. So we really have to undertake a tremendous discipline to control the way we see the world. That's going to be our biggest challenge, particularly here in the United States, where we have everything and insist that we don't have enough. I'm going to wake up in the world where that doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. That people you suddenly... start can. noticing the things that conform to that. Yeah. So, really, I think that we're we're in a position now in the United States where we're really far behind the power curve on being able to do that compared um, to... All of these everyone wakes cultures. up focusing just like you said on mm-hmm. that not being the case anymore. That's what I'm saying. Right. Right. So um, there's a lot of people out there that already do this. Yeah. And are really um, more poised to be able to leap ahead. And so it's especially important for us in the United States to wake up in the world we want to live in because we have so much more addiction to overcome than a lot of other places do. Now, as far as the great global opportunity, um, 
you know, we've been we've been hearing the predictions of earth changes and, and um consciousness evolution and and not really having anything concrete to hold on to and now we've got concrete stuff to hold on to and it's thrilling. It's thrilling to see how this great labor pain and this wonderful contraction that's happening in Japan is just rending open a space in consciousness for people to leap into and to evolve. And it and it's there. It's such a glorious thing. But we have to have that perception of it in order to take advantage of it. We have to look at this as a, a beam of light that's now coming up out of the earth saying, jump onto this track and you'll ascend. Ignore it and you won't. You have to wait. So I think this is such a great, powerful time for us on earth right now. And and how great to be getting these confirmations. And I'm seeing all kinds of evidence of global consciousness. I'll give you two examples. Um, it recently, I was listening to an NPR news report, and they were talking about how the um, one of the most popular newspapers, one of the popular most popular news sources that's growing fastest in the United States is Al Jazeera. Now, isn't that interesting? That that would be the place people felt they could go for balanced, honest, truthful, fair reporting. Or perhaps they're going there to hear the other people's side of the story. I think that, uh, from what I understand, they're going there because they they hear all of it. They don't just hear part of it, and they don't feel manipulated by it. Hmm. Which, you know, our news outlets are in the business of man- manipulating us to fear. That's the whole business of our news outlets is to manipulate us into fear. And here's one that says, okay, we're just going to tell you what's going on. We're not going to try to scare you. We're not going to try to encourage you to do anything. We're just going to give you the facts. And what an interesting source that's coming from. So that that's a kind of a knitting together of a bigger world that's coming in a very surprising way for those of us who have stereotyped ideas about sources. And the other piece of evidence that I, that I love to use right now is, and I, I don't know whether you've heard about the pizzas in Madison, Wisconsin. Have you heard about the pizzas? Oh, yeah. That uh, that was all over my Facebook page, and I emailed it to everybody I knew, and that is that somebody in Egypt started sending pizzas to the protesters in, in Madison, yeah. Which yeah, I thought was that is an so example. awesome. Um, yeah, and one body, right? That we are one people, and it's yeah. social networking, social media that are bringing us together and making us aware of that, which I think is really powerful. And I really believe that the internet is just has is just global consciousness with training wheels. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it it's, it's our it's our way of understanding that we have non-local connection, that time and space don't really matter, that we are one consciousness. We've, we've each got a separate consciousness, but we also have a unified consciousness, and we can be a part of that. We're not going to need the Internet in another five or ten years. It'll be obsolete. We'll, we'll, be, we'll be internally connected. We'll be internally um, attuned to one another, but the Internet gave us some training wheels so that we could learn what that felt like. Mm-hmm. To be in instant com- communication with someone we don't know yet, but we do know mm-hmm. on some on some level. We know that we know them. Right. The consciousness is there. We only have to learn to plug into it. So do you yeah. have any, any techniques that you feel people can use as a group and, like, group meditations and things like that. Or do you have any ideas about that sort of thing that can help people focus as a group in order to make changes? Any group manifestation techniques? How do you feel about those? It, um I think this is an essentially personal journey. 
So I'm um, a little leery of. Uh, well, I'll just I'll put my prejudice right out there. I'm always suspicious of leaders of big groups and of their agendas. Um, so that's just my bias. Mm-hmm. You know, I haven't belonged to a church for a long time because I just am suspicious of big groups trying to convince me to conform. So that's my Yeah, bias. that's not what I'm talking about, though. I'm talking more about, like, Lynn McTaggart's website where she asks people to focus on uh, the same thing at the same all this okay. all these people volunteer to focus on something at the same time to affect positive change in the world. That's what I'm not so I'm not where, talking about. Church. What I want to come from first is work on your own vehicle and bring yourself into positivity. Bring yourself into positivity first, and then James Twyman does wonderful things. Um, Jean Houdin does uh, has a website that you can go to that um, they they mount global meditations and and I, and I do love to I, I love to have that sense that you're a part of um, a respiration that is happening around the world. Um, Celia Fenn is doing some great things. And she did one a couple weeks ago where there were people that are that were on this uh, teleseminar all over the world, and she asked us to breathe with her. And it wasn't long before you realized that you were seeing the respiration of the whole globe going on. And when you breathed in, the earth breathed in, and when you breathed out, the earth breathed out. And that was a beautiful thing. So, yeah, I think there's several that are out there. And if you, the important thing is for you to be in line with your own positivity and then to feel what resonates with you because that's, that's, uh, that's your beam to be on. And pay attention to that. If something doesn't feel right to you, it's not yours. It's someone else's. And, and respect yourself for having that sense that, you know, this isn't right for me. It's not all vehicles are right for all people. Do you understand what I'm saying? Of course. Yeah. Staying out of judgment. So we're not saying, oh, that's wrong for me, therefore it's wrong. And that's just wrong for you. So maybe James Twyman is going to bring your bells. Maybe he's not. Maybe maybe Celia Fenn really speaks to you. Maybe, Maybe she doesn't. But there are are ways for you to tap into this this kind of global energy, even if you're not doing it with a thousand other people, because know that at all times there are a million people that are holding these aspirations, and all we have to do is tap into that stream. Yeah, James Twyman started doing his experiments, oh, what, about 15 years ago, where he would go yeah, to... Yeah, I think so. I believe he went... At the time, he went to Israel and did group prayer, as he called it, although I think group meditation works the same exact way. It's all focused intention um, for stopping, um, focusing on peace in a specific area, in this case Israel, during certain time periods. And he asked for people all around the planet, and he did this, he organized it on the Internet, ask for people all over the planet to focus at exactly the same time on peace in, I believe it was Jerusalem. Yeah, it was and Jerusalem. they measured in terms of the only way they knew how to take a measurement at the time, I assume, was did the uh, police reports go down? In other words, were there fewer calls to the, the police? And indeed, during the time that everyone, thousands and thousands of people were focused on peace in Jerusalem, indeed, there was a dramatic drop in um, military activity and the police being called, which was pretty powerful. And, and stuff. I think, and I think that his, his, his experience has been pr- pretty consistently mm-hmm. in line with that result. Yeah. And so other people have tried that, too, and that's what Lynn McTaggart does with the intention experiment. She's trying to gather um, empirical data so that more and more people can understand that this does work. So that's what her website's about. You know who else is doing this, but he's got a little bit of a different focus, but it's very interesting, is um, Dr. Emoto. Oh, yeah. 
Dr. Um, Masaru Emoto with Masaru Hado, yeah. H-A-D-O dot com is his website, Hado. Yeah, that's a very interesting question. And he specifically has been asking us to um, step up to the plate when there's tsunami activity out there to send peace to the waters. Mm-hmm. And it has made a huge difference in the way these tsunamis develop across the ocean. Yep, that's true. And if you focus energy on, um, well, anything including hurricanes, I've seen people affect where hurricanes land. I'm not sure I appreciate or agree with that. But, um, <laughs> you know, it's all a part of, uh, I live on the coast, it's all a part of uh, our learning curve, truly. Well, thanks yeah. for talking with us today. I'm going to open the line now, Kathy, to uh, my co-host, Becky. And if anyone wants to get in touch with Kathy, her website is heart www.harvestoftheheart. Harvest of the Heart. Yeah, I was trying to scroll down over here and I didn't get to it very fast. Yeah, harvestoftheheart.com if you want to talk with Kathy further. Thank you for being with us today. Thank you so much. Uh-huh. Bye-bye. Okay, Becky. Good morning, Lois. Good morning. You've had some experience lately with manifesting, too, haven't you? Yes, and, you know, several misfires and all of that type of thing. I found it very interesting, so I appreciate um, Helen and um, Kathy's perspectives on manifesting. Very good. Mm-hmm. So um, have you... Do you have anything to add to uh, manifestation techniques? I know you know a lot about cryon because you worked with Lee Carroll over the years. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, and what I think it's getting comfortable with how you manifest and what makes sense to you. So there's mm-hmm. all these techniques out there, and they're all effective. But as has been mentioned, oh, I forgot to mention that, you know, I wanted a healthy partner. Oh, I forgot to mention that, you know, I wanted cup holders in this car. Oh, you know, those types of things. So, um, yeah, I've recently manifested um, a wonderful – I've manifested trips. This one year I took like four or five trips and only paid for one of them. And um, I've manifested a wonderful place to live although I don't um, know how much longer. It's kind of like a, it's a wonderful place, but it's temporary because the house is mm-hmm. going up for sale. So, so how did you manifest those trips? You know, it's interesting. I love to travel, and I think I just get in this space of, wouldn't it be great to do X, Y, Z, or to go here? Or um, most recently, I manifested a trip to Bolivia, and I remember when the announcement came out, we're going to Bolivia, I, I just thought, oh, my gosh, that just sounds marvelous. I'd love to go. And then I looked at the price tag, and I'm thinking, I'm just not in a position to commit. You know, I I could probably scrape the money together. I could probably manifest the money. But it just seemed too overwhelming at the time. So I just I just got in that little dreamy space of, gosh, Bolivia, um, you know, there's no cabana boys, it'll be rough, and, you know, there's, you know, all of these things, but I'm just thinking, wow, how wonderful to go on this trip that has so much history and um, such mystery to me. So anyway, I kind of just set it aside, and then it was just a series of um, conversations. I got a phone call, um, so the trip ended up being... Um, a gift, well, an energy exchange, I would say, which mm-hmm. was fine with me. And then it was um, coming up Christmas, and my brother gifted me the plane ticket for um, Christmas. And it was just one of those things. You know, I was able to work with my clients to get some cash flow to have some spending money, and gifts came in from friends, and I'm thinking, my goodness, what an amazing creation here. This is a really so, a good manifestation. The way you did it was you got all dreamy. I got all dreamy. thought <laughs> of how wonderful it would be to be there. You visualized yourself there. Mm-hmm. 
So that's how the manifestation occurred. Yeah, the, and I let go. I I thought, oh, it would be fabulous. It would be absolutely wonderful. But, uh, you know, I just I don't want to put all my time and energy into creating that or going about making lists and all of that stuff. So I just kind of let it go. And then you got dreamy and released it into the gap. Yeah. Oh, that's a good way to put that. Release yeah, that's it into how the Chopra gap. Puts Chopra says release it into the gap. Yeah. Yeah, the and then other trips it. just come to me. Um, how would you like to X, Y, Z? Yeah. Yeah. That'd be great. I went to Cabo San Lucas. I probably spent 50 bucks. Um, I, you know, spent a week in Mexico, you know, with Cabo, and I forget the other little town I went to. Um, I got a free trip to Vegas that same year. Um, I went to the Grand Canyon, I think with you that year. That was that same year. Oh, and I worked at Burning Man. So I made money on that trip. Mm-hmm. So I think spirit realizes how much I like to travel and how it fills me up. And I love meeting new people and, and cultures and places. And so I think that's always kind of like in my creation engine in the background. And then as things cross my radar, I just... um so, yeah, yes. I think getting that dreamy space, I think that's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, visualizing what it would be like, what it feels like, and then just letting mm-hmm. go of it. That's one manifestation technique that I think is pretty powerful. Yeah, yeah. And, um, yeah, I didn't think about, um, you know, the next time I manifest a trip to a third-world country, I'm going to manifest some decent bathrooms <laughs> along the way. <laughs> I had no idea how difficult that portion of the program would be. bathrooms. <laughs> yeah, the baños. Oh my goodness. So. Yeah. Yeah, the gap. I like that. Really? And I was also listening. John Hagelin um, is one of my personal heroes, and he does meditation in groups and, you know, the transcendental meditation. He also ran for president for, I don't know, four or five elections, I forget. But he is also in a think tank, and he's a quantum physicist. And um, he does all these types of meditation experiments and sending energy and all of that. And he, they did quantitative results with uh, Washington, D.C. during uh, peak crime, I guess, Domestic violence is on the rise like in every city during like August. The hot, hot peak months is when it, yeah. a lot of that flares up. That would up. make sense. Yeah, everyone's hot. Not everyone has air conditioning. You know, it's just days, dog days. Those dog days hot and just crack on and on. Yeah, so his site has a lot of really cool links to different experiments that they've tried globally just by people joining in focused intent, which was what um, – you know, Kathy and uh, was talking about and yeah, good stuff, really good mm-hmm. stuff. So, so what was his website again? Um, I just looked it up when Kathy was talking. Let me shift gears here. Because you never know, people listening may resonate with one website. And yeah, it's um, Haglin dot org. Um, H a g e l i n. He was actually in The Secret. He's a very, um, I had the pleasure of meeting him once, and what a lovely human being, just um, amazing man, one of my personal heroes. So Heglin.org, and he, they have all kinds of links to, um, um, you know, like the Shift magazine, the Power of the Collective, um, his interviews, research they're doing, um, so, uh, you know, using meditation, like, for ADHD symptoms and that type of stuff. So, Ooh. yeah, he's got all kinds of, um, there, his site is broken up into research and then the government and then education. And I believe he's, like, in a global think tank of doing all of these different types of experiments and research globally. But he is into string theory and a quantum physicist and... Yeah, one of my personal heroes. I always like to hear what he's up to. Kind of like Lee Carroll and some of the leaders in the different, you know, bringing metaphysics and um, science together. I'm really a big, I'm into that big time. I think you know that. 
Yeah, me too. So right now I'm looking up Lynn McTaggart's intention experiment. Okay. Because I think that one's really important. Yeah, the intention experiment, using your thoughts to change your life. Yeah, I'm going to have to look into that. I like that. Yeah. It's, okay. I, I realize, too, that I'm in this kind of like this manifestation. I'm in this void. I've been reading a lot up on this void. It seems like I've been treading water spiritually for a while, and it's like I just can't. I keep misfiring. I can't seem to create anything that I truly want. And, I, you know, I'm doing all the right things and feel that I'm doing the right things, and so there uh, are nothing is showing you're, up. You're, there are certain things showing up, like the trips and a cool yes. place to live. But there were other things that you wanted to manifest that you had more trouble with. I'm wondering exactly. why that happens. I'm wondering well, why that happens to everybody. I I'm think it does. Why. And um, I believe, for me, in this particular instance, there's just something that my soul wants to experience before it's absolutely done with it. So I, to me, I'm, I'm in this void space right now, and it's mm-hmm. just important, to, you know, like this de- desert. Because I know manifestations are instantaneous because I've experienced that. I know that I'm powerful and that I can change my life with my thoughts and I've experienced that. But it seems that no matter what I do or what happens or how hard I try, I just keep waking up and like Groundhog Day, I just keep waking up in this time space <laughs> that's exactly the same. And so yeah. I'm just like, you know what? My soul is really intent to walk through the desert, so I'm not going to beat myself up about miscreating or doing something uh-huh. wrong. I'm just going to keep focused on what I do want, get in that dreamy space that whatever and mm-hmm. then when my soul's sick and tired of being sick and tired wandering around that barren desert you know things right. will start showing up again i'm just in this evolutionary space it seems yep so, so i found her website with lynn mctaggart it's the intention you got to put the word the in the front the intention experiment.com she's not asking you to um join anything unless you want to um be part of the experiments, but you don't have to pay anything to do that. You just get to be part of a worldwide community uh, of testing out this science. And also she offers seminars so that you can learn the new science. Um, and um, she's made some courses available. And then, But the main thing that I like the most is uh, join the community. The Intention Experiment community is an open and free community about science and quantum physics, spirituality, religion, Please. healing, and so on. And it's completely free, and she's not asking for anything in return, except that you can participate in the experiments if you want. What a wonderful is, service, yeah. Yeah. I yeah. like that. And okay. So I highly recommend that. If you want to see, some, you know, this science, and it is science. It's not mm-hmm. very, very woo-woo stuff. Uh, it, it's just who became aware of it first were the airy fairy woo-woo of us, but it's science, mm-hmm. and it can be explained by quantum physics and mechanics. And she works with a lot of quantum physicists, including a guy that used to live in Austin. I don't know if he's still there anymore. Hal Putoff is a really good So I'm being told we've got 90 seconds left in this show. And thanks for talking <laughs> with me about your expertise in manifesting trips. I may call you back with tips <laughs> personally. I'm ready to go boogie. And um, we'll talk to you again next week or the week after. Sounds good. Okay. Bye. Bye.